0: Hello and welcome to this podcast from the PodNuts World Service. Please let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media. Podcasts from the PodNuts World Service are supported by PodNutsians and advertising. Hey, hey, PodNutteens, welcome to DDG episode 15. We're going to do just a really quick health chat here in the very beginning. Um, I will say with the keto type diet that I'm doing, and I don't want to really say keto diet because it's really not. Every single day is going to be a little bit different from the last. So I know to be in full ketosis, it roughly takes between six and eight weeks. So here's what I'll say. If it takes six to eight weeks, let's say two months to become in full keto, in the last year, I've probably been in and out of keto at least three times because there are periods where I will break down and get a sausage, egg and cheese biscuit from a uh, for like a morning sandwich. Or once every three months, I will go have like uh, a double dog from Ann's Dairy Cream up. Uh, or something to, to that effect. So my body is constantly, I would say, going in and out of ketosis. I will say I was only probably full-blown ketosis for at the most two months, uh, which would mean about four constant months of uh, the constant diet, re, re, um, restrictions of carbs and proteins and having a lot of fat. So with that said... Um, you really cannot expect to stick to anything this stringent for any extreme length of time. And in fact, most doctors will tell you how you should not stick to this diet for any extreme length of time. Um, I do not think it's healthy, for instance, like to fast. I do not think it's healthy to do a lot of uh, things. But I do think um, making your body once in a while work away from carbs and sugars, period, isn't bad. Uh, I will say, first and foremost, it is not easy. Nothing about eating like that is easy. And here's the perfect example. Uh, You can't have salads. 99.999% of the places you go that has salads, the salads will either have in them too many carbs or too many sugars. Now, it's the kind of thing, maybe like once a week, you might be able to have a salad. But what I'll say is, when I got into the rhythm a couple years ago of liking a salad, I like a lot of salads, like, a, like you know, a couple times a week kind of thing. But on the keto-type diet, you basically can't do it. Um, the closest, here's you know, what you can get is like a door-to-door geek keto salad, which is really nothing more than um, like uh, hard-cooked eggs or hard-boiled eggs cut up, and then you throw on top of it good amount of cheese, good amount of sausage, uh, maybe some ham or bacon or both. Uh, and then you can put in like a little bit of spinach or something to that effect, but really not that much. Um, so I do kind of miss salads. So once every three months, to be honest, I got to the point where my gift to myself was not a double dog uh, footlong hot dog from Anne's Dairy Cream. Or it was not a piece of pizza, but it in fact was like a crab cake salad or something like that where it would basically be the greens with... Uh, sweet peppers in them, some onions, and then thrown on top is a Maryland-style crab cake, um, which definitely always has at least some level of breading in it. The really good Maryland crab cakes have virtually no breading in it, uh, but they still have it in it. So perfection is unobtainable. To strive for perfection is planned failure. So that's why I purposely allow myself exceptions from the strict diet. I will say I do like challenging myself, seeing how far I can go on such a strict diet. And I was really shocked with myself is what I'll say. Um, I'm still doing everything in my power to have less than like 40 grams of carbs a day with 2000 calories, which is definitely doable. It's definitely much more comfortable for me to do because I've been doing it for a good amount of time. Um, But I will go every now and then for like a week and eat a couple carb filled meals and then go at least five, six weeks without just to try to get back towards key, um, key, um, ketosis. But I really don't believe anyone should make it a permanent lifestyle kind of thing. Um, the one gadget I'm going to make sure I have in the notes, and I'm going to actually type it out on my computer so I have it, uh, it's called the uh, Rapid Dash Egg Cooker. Um, and this thing I think is really, really nice. Uh, the link I'm gonna have to it uh, unfortunately is going to be a Amazon affiliate link but it will not be a link tagged with someone's affiliate code you 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 do not have to worry about that I will try to always make sure that is right out open and and up front Um, this uh, rapid dash cooker is around $19 sometimes you can get it for around 14 to 15 sometimes it's $20 or more Uh, this one cooks six eggs at once they come in different colors if you want different colors. They also have two-story ones where you can cook, I believe, 12 at a time. I'm really tempted to upgrade to that because I typically do eat three eggs a day. Um, and to be honest, um, hard-cooked eggs or boiled eggs, I honestly like them because they're basically easily portable, transportable, and they're, they taste just as good. Um, so this is like my gadget that I really do rely on to help with my keto-type diet. Again, it's called the Dash Rapid Egg Cooker, uh, $19. And the real reason I got it was consistency. Um, Just like in my computers, just like in my phones, I like consistent expectations. I I like to know exactly what's going to happen every time I do stuff. With this Rapid Egg Cooker, I know that my eggs are always going to come out exactly the same fashion. Uh, I like no green, no crazy dark colors on my yolk and i do not like my yolk to be watery there's a that fine line of just turned yellow egg which i think is the best and to be honest it's very easy to do with this dash rapid egg cooker okay uh next thing i'm going to talk about really quick um i went now for over a week without any kind of phone whatsoever uh so what i did was i pulled out my uh dual boot it's actually Intel-based. I completely forgot about it. It's the um, Air i6 3G tablet, uh, straight from uh, Hong Kong AliExpress. I want to say I bought it for around 170 bucks, Uh Dual boot Windows 8.1 and Android. Um, so I'm very shocked and impressed at how well the Windows side runs, to be very honest. I'm not a Windows fan at all. Um, but I do appreciate it for the ability to mount XFAT partitions with zero issues I will say that that's just period Uh, and honestly running a Chrome browser on it or a full like Firefox desktop style browser on that side of the operating system is unbelievably smooth I'm really shocked and really impressed at how well it ran Uh, on the Android side I can get all my uh, apps that I need installed and ready to go and it does have a slot in for a 3G connection I do believe if I put a T-Mobile SIM in it it would work I have not yet. And that's just because I'm just going without mobile data for now see how it goes. And one of the things I wanted was positive distractions is the way that I will put it. Uh, so, uh, one of the things I did download, I will say, if you do not know of any of these, I highly encourage you to at least look them up. Um, Carl Sagan, Cosmos, old television show, uh, using a combination of a YouTube downloader app, uh, And WinFF, which is a cross-platform multimedia encoder or recoder or transcoder, however you want to put it. Uh, So what I did was I downloaded a couple YouTube playlists so I could have them offline on the tablet when I needed them. My logic is Bluetooth headset connected to the tablet running local audio would probably be really efficient and run for a really long time. And so far, I've been very happy at how long um, that it runs. So one of the things I downloaded was a uh, Crash Course U.S. History. That comes with a caveat. Okay, Crash Course is a set of video playlists on YouTube put out by the Vlog Brothers. If you don't know who they are, one is Hank Green, the other is John Green. One is a uh, at least semi-successful author. I mean, much more than average success. Um, he did the uh, book Paper Towns, which was turned into a movie, and I do believe he has another book turned into a movie uh his brother uh started vidcon vidcon is um the was the premier youtube video blogging type conference uh and whenever you talk about history you always are going to have biases introduced okay that goes without saying that is the nature of describing history unless you literally want to take like 30 hours explaining one thing that happened in history, because there is unbelievable depth and breadth, and we always try to summarize history with as few words as possible, and we often leave a lot of things out, or we have uh, personal things that we think hold more importance than others. And in a crash course U.S. history, it was I will say, um, less biased than a lot of other things that I've seen. But it, when it was biased, it was almost comical type thing. So it's very easy. To identify when this was someone's belief more than a fact, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Um, crash course U.S. history. Uh, the link will be in the notes. Also, I used a website called YouTube-Playlist-Analyzer. Link in the notes. Um, this website will tell you statistics on a playlist. Okay. This playlist is has an average video of 13 minutes and 13 seconds long. God love the number 13. Uh, 48, I believe, videos in total. And it's a total of 10 hours worth of content, audio content. Me being me, I put it in a podcast player because it's very convenient and I already know my way around it and I can speed it up. Uh, as much as I want. My normal podcast listening is about 4X. It's weird because it seems like on the device, it's either more or less. Like on my phone, I had it above 4, and on this tablet, 3, 5 seems seems more comfortable. When I listen to this, I wanted to take more time than normal, so I literally pushed it down to like a 1.8X speed, just so it would take longer for me to listen to all of them, because part of it is just to kill time with a a positive dis. Um, distraction. Um, The one thing that I definitely picked up from this, and the one thing that I definitely want someone, if they listen to this, to realize is, I'm saying this again, perspective is reality. Um, One of the huge, huge failings with the English language is I really don't think we have close to enough words. There are certain words that mean a great number of different things depending on context, and also maybe more in- in, in importantly, uh, it matters who is saying it and what is their personal definition of it. Now, I know a lot of um, higher educated people get really upset at me when I say stuff like personal definitions because they insist that definition is the definition is the definition and that's all there is to it. Well, that's not how the real world works. Um, you're like a definition Nazi, like a grammar Nazi, but w- with definitions. And the example I use is in these video series, one of the things that um, they did highlight is the fact that the word freedom has meant a great number many things throughout time and uh, people who have listened to me on Linux for the rest of us have heard me say uh, you know capital F freedom lower F freedom and then you know sometimes we need a word better than freedom to to actually you know convey what we mean um, so here's the like the gist of what I'm getting at back in the day okay um, like, my family's been in this generation, uh, been in this country for over 12 generations. I'm the 13th generation on my father's side. On my mother's side, I'm only the second generation. So, you know, on each side, there's a great, great difference there in history. Um, One of the things that always makes me, like, literally laugh in people's faces is when they try to say to me, what the original founding fathers meant when they said X or when they said Y or when they were explaining Z or when they said, you know, things. And I find it really funny because you have no idea really on what words meant back then because words constantly change. Quick tangent. Listening to uh, Start Talk Radio, Frank Oz, and one of the things stated, not by Frank um, Oz, but it was by somebody else who said they were talking with, um, um, uh, people around him, um, they were talking about Yoda on the Empire Strikes Back and the other movies. And they were like, well, one of the reasons why Yoda has a cane is so he can convey to everyone his age and why they should re um, respect him, which kind of almost made sense. And nothing in the universe is obligated to make sense, but it kind of made sense. Uh, the other thing was the way that Yoda talked was you know, 300 or whatever plus years ago when he was younger, that was the absolute normal way to talk. And over time speech changed and now how he talks in the exact same fashion that was completely acceptable is now weird. Yes, you understand all the words. Yes, they do make sense. But when he says things, it's not like normally said. Um, and that's like the word freedom. You know, I'm going to say back in the day, When people said the word freedom, they really did mean completely different things. There was a section of time and a section of uh, politicians that when they meant the word freedom, what they meant was the freedom from temptations, the freedom from lustful things, the freedom in your life from having these things around you. Okay. Now, when I say freedom to people, they're not going to think, limiting things around you. They're not going to think about restricting government things like either alcohol, drugs, prostitution, yada, 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 yada. But that's what freedom meant there uh, to a certain amount of people back in the day. You know, nowadays, at least not nowadays, like 30 years ago, back in the 70s, freedom meant freedom from government control. You know, don't tell me what to do kind of attitude. Don't tread on me kind of attitude. Well, now... The popular word of freedom is, again, I think, in the middle of shifting. In fact, I think it's always changing. But if you ask 20 people to define the word freedom, you're going to get 20 different answers. Just like if you ask the people, what does patriotism mean? Or what does it mean to be patriotic? You're going to get a million different things. Just like when I hear people debating free health care in, in in like, um, air, in, uh, air, air quotes. I really do believe both sides are thinking of completely different things. It's just because they will not take the time to sit down and go through the actual definition of what they mean, I think is one of the reasons that there's arguments and disagreements and, you know, uh, things not coming to an end. Um, So this was a really interesting series of videos. I really do like uh, both Hank and... John Green. I think they're really nice guys. I think they do really good work. Uh I um and uh Crash Course US history definitely to me gets a thumb a thumbs up on at least uh being pretty detail-oriented. Uh there's definitely a lot of things that they just glossed over, like the number of battles in the uh Revolutionary War. Um, you know, there's just so much that they just cannot get into great detail about, but they highlight what they consider to be uh, important parts of it and i will say listening to someone's perspective on history does two things to me at least one it teaches me about the person doing the teaching i understand much more what they consider important how they consider something important why they consider something in um in um, important and how do they decipher if there is any meaning of what was going on in the past. So to me, that right there is a little bit educational. Uh, but B, I also do learn some basic facts about history. Uh, history was never a good point <laughs> I was at at all in school or, or anywhere else. Uh, but l- learning history in this kind of fashion, I find definitely uh, more enjoyable. So what I will say is if anyone out there has any YouTube playlist uh, or Uh, long-form audio content. Please do not tell me hardcore history. I've already listened to all that. Um, I'm looking for new, different stuff. Uh, It doesn't have to be brand new. And to be honest, um, older stuff, I honestly find interesting because I like putting them in context, which is like the reason why I like Carl Sagan's Cosmos. It's, you know, like the late 70s, I believe, when that show was out. So when I listen to him, there are in inaccuracies that he states as facts because since then we learn stuff so i find that kind of thing very interesting um with this again i just thought it was really interesting really well laid out really well paced uh good content even for audio i think i got 99.99 percent of everything i didn't need to have the video along with it but i definitely thought it was worth listening to okay and uh another thing i just wanted to talk about really quick and this is the kind of thing i really there is no fact with this this is just pure belief okay uh i'm basically piggybacking on something i heard neil degrasse tyson say um and it was about in um intelligence or knowledge or wisdom i'm not sure how you want to take what i'm saying but i'm gonna say it's intelligence um Okay, now think of intelligence as a living, breathing, viscous thing that is literally unique to each person. Um, my intelligence is different than your intelligence is different from everyone else's in, um, in, um, intelligence. Um, I believe that the capacity or capacity for in, for intelligence in humans really has not changed that much. In a very long time and very long. Okay. Humans have been around for give or take 200,000 years. Some people say up to a million or more, but 200,000, I believe is the normal um, science belief that how long humans have been around in our present form kind of thing. Um, I do believe that if you take a human from 100, to 3, 400 years ago, whatever, and replace them with a the human from today and vice versa, like w- when they were babies, um. Besides the one going back in time being able to withstand like tolerances for aspirin that the baby that goes from 400 years ago to today will not be able to withstand the person would probably die from aspirin overdose because of the tolerances changed throughout time. Um, things like that in our body has clearly changed. I'm not really sure that. The brain has really evolved as much as our tolerances have over time so I believe that the actual capacity of knowledge really has been the same for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and what has changed is our yeah it's called um collective learning that's the word I was trying to remember um uh, and I'm going to do a uh, link to con a con academy collective learning part one it's a multi-parter Anything on Khan Academy is actually pretty good. Okay, um I believe that's the largest difference between humans from 400 years ago to today is not the individual capacity of in of um intelligence, but the collective learning over the entire society which has changed. Um uh, so t- you know, kids these days have to know a lot more, a lot quicker than kids did back then and it isn't really more that's a really improper word i want to say kids today have to learn a totally different subset of knowledge today versus hundreds of years ago hundreds of years ago they had to know hypothetically how to tend the animals how to plow the field how to how to um irrigate the crops how to spot an infection how to cook an X or Y or Z, or whatever. Where today it's much different. You know, we do not have to worry about spotting disease from afar just for survival's sake. We do not have to worry about uh, um cleanliness as much because of you know contagious diseases that would literally kill you. We don't have to worry about those things as much. We don't have to know them as much, so we don't have to pay attention to them as much. The the thing what I'll say to people in their 40s is, just think of how when we were kids, we had to remember phone numbers. We had to remember a lot of phone numbers. Today's kids don't have to remember phone numbers. You know, they have to remember not even email addresses. They just have to remember different things. Um, and I do believe that collective learning is the real differentiator between humans and every other life form out there, at least that we know of. Okay, so what is intelligence when it's a living, breathing, viscous thing? How do you imagine it? How do you picture it? How do you relate to it? Here's my definition of it, okay? My intelligence and all intelligence is basically on a 2D disk, a two-dimensional disk. It is basically flat and round to a degree, okay? Which is like... um just representing in, um, in, um, intelligence in general and what we know. Um, the larger the disc, the more intelligence we have. So the smarter that we become as individuals, the larger the disc becomes, the larger the disc becomes, think of it like a pizza, the more meatballs you can put on the outside of the pizza. Everything comes back to pizza because I really do miss it. But So the larger the disk, the more of a border around the edge of that intelligence, the larger the border around that disk. To me, it's the more possibilities between knowledge and ignorance. So one of the, I think, huge fallacies we have as human beings is we believe the more intelligent we get, the more intelligent we get. Okay, the more intelligent we get on individual topics... The more ignorant we are in our greatest possibilities we can be more ignorant because we know more we can take more for granted because we think we know more we can believe we know x y and z even though we're only familiar with a b and c because we have some inherent bias that makes us believe that when we know more about a topic we believe we know more about a lot more topics okay Um, everybody has this line. I look at everybody and I see everybody has this 2d disc representing our own in, um, own in, um, intelligence. You can take this 2d representation and you can take my representation of my things that I know, and you can transverse that to other people's intelligence. And what you'll notice in my belief is nobody's disc will completely match up ever. And even if you take what I know now, what I knew five years ago, what I knew 10 years ago, you will see they don't even match up together. Not only am I learning more day by day by day, but my biases push back older knowledge further away, becoming more possible of becoming skewed, becoming foggy and becoming a little bit more ignorant on things that I used to know. And the only constant is change, even with facts sorry, facts change going back to the Carl Sagan cosmos. He stated things as facts because he was right, but our overall knowledge has changed. So facts also over time, unfortunately, some of them can change. Um, I do believe n- no two circles line up. Everybody's line is different. I also believe that the line itself between ignorance and knowledge or in, um, in, um, intelligence is not, you know one dimensional line i think there's depth to that line it's a blurry line at one edge of that line we have things we know and on the other edge of the line are the things that we think we know and right outside that line is the ignorance that we do not know um and i think it's fuzzy i don't think it's a firm perfect line um i think every time we learn something that line moves a little bit but typically when it moves um. towards more knowledge in one area it's rarely that all the rest of the line will remain consistent. That will also change because what we learn about one thing will always sway our belief on something else. That's just the way the human brain works. Um, and that line it, it is made up of what I'll say. It, and it is described by our own biases, our own beliefs or our own faiths. And it's limited by how fast we can learn things or figure out things or come to deductions on our own. So the way that that line is between knowledge and ignorance is just as dynamic as the disk of intelligence itself. So nothing is consistent. We will constantly be changing what we know, what we think, what we believe. Our biases will shift a little bit. There are certain constants with our biases overall things I think move around a little bit um like I said this disc is alive this is not just one static image um like like re um reports at work and like the uh now dead stand-up comedian um Mitch Hedberg sorry Mitch Hedberg is the comedian who basically said um when someone says here's a picture when I was younger all pictures are from when you were younger. That's why they're pictures. If you can tell me, if you can show me a picture from the future, well, then that's pretty in, um, in, um, in, um, impressive, but it's always, you know, static from the past. Uh, re, um, re, um, ports at work are not reports of data. I try to get through to people. What you're looking at is a snapshot of data in the past and dependent on what data we're talking about. There, each report should have a deprecation date put on it. How likely is this data going to remain accurate for how long? Some reports are only accurate for a couple minutes because we're actually counting people coming in and out of buildings. Some reports are more accurate for like a month because it's a summary of last month's activity. Well, when a month goes by, well, now the last month is a different month. Um, so whenever we think about measuring like this disk, you got to remember. It's only going to change where it's at is where it was at whenever we're thinking about it. Um, We do have some direct control, and I don't want to use the word control. Uh, I'd rather say the disk is manipulatable by ourselves, but it is also affected by outside events. It's affected by people around us. It's influenced by events, activities, and I'll say compounds in air quotes. Your intelligence, I do believe, can be, um, you know, made greater or worse just by simple compounds. Like, uh, I would say, like, caffeine or sugar or something like that. And there's other basic things that, like, B3 or whatever, can, that I do think that can at least have some influence over what we know and how quick we can re, um, re um, recall information. Um, And, like, each person, when you're going through life, has, like, different desires, and abilities, and how they get expressed on that disc, on that 2D disc. For some people, they literally have a lifelong passion of knowledge and, like, and, like, interpersonal reflection on whether it be black holes in the universe, space-time itself, uh, how how does a quark interact with another quark, or whether it just be Will my team win this week? We all sit down to a degree and we basically practice mind exercises, even if it's just about your sports team or whether it is about your operating system in your car or whether it be about soldering two things. Whenever we just stop and think about that, we are literally like exercising the brain, putting the brain through a routine, thus uh, strengthening points of that disc. Okay. Um. Now we're going to complicate it because while it is a two-dimensional disc, okay, topics or categories are, are like silos in this disc. And this disc, when you see a topic, for me it would be let's say Linux, which you know I'm not even close to being smart at, but I'm familiar with. In um, when you look at that disc, Linux would be like a branch or a crack or a point or something. Sp- sprouting out from that disc because my Linux knowledge I'll say is greater than my car re car repair knowledge or my social constructs knowledge. My Linux knowledge would reach out further away from the center point of this disc because I know more about Linux. Okay. Uh one thing that people understand is I've had a couple smarter people I've seen like on YouTube or heard in audio form state something to this effect there's a certain like pattern of egg ag- acknowledgement when it comes to knowledge and it goes a little something like this um before you learn anything about a topic let's say car repair you think you know i think i understand a little bit i think i can work my way around um then when you learn a little bit you then think wow i don't know anything about this stuff i never knew this i never knew that i never knew this i never knew that then you learn a little bit more then you start to feel a little bit more confident about it then you learn a little bit more and then you start to get into this sweet spot of confidence and overconfidence thinking that you do know a lot you do see this you do understand that then with even more knowledge you come to realize well what i know is only about cars in this one point of time I have no idea about cars from 10 years ago. I have no idea about cars from 50 years ago. I have no idea about cars from 80 years ago. I don't know why they would have done that. I don't know why they would have done this. I don't know how they would have done that. And then you have to stop and think cars from one year from now, how can I possibly know any of that? And then you become into a point where you are considered an expert to other people but in your own eyes you actually almost question your knowledge because you know there is so much more that you do not know about car, re um, car re, um, re um pair um a lot of experts believe that's like the normal um curve of how you perceive your own in um in um intelligence and we have this normal u-shaped of we don't think we know a lot, we start to get confidence, we have confidence, and then we come to a realization that there really is much more than we ever could know. Um, Also, I'll say ignorance does the exact opposite. If there's something I'm completely ignorant about in this two-dimensional disc, then you'll see like a branch or a crack coming in towards the circle. Um, So, you know, this is going to be a very, while it's only a two-dimensional disc, there's going to be many parts going in and out of this disk. Thus are things that we are uh, knowledgeable about and things that we are not. Um, And again, they're always changing. If you take that disk again from 10 years ago, from five years ago, from the same person, it's going to look completely different. Um, I think we should make active attempts to try to go learn new things. Now, here's another bias. This disk is only how we perceive this disk. This disk is not fact. Because there is no insane measurement of knowledge to this degree. We only have very, 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 very generalized tests of knowledge. Um, and here's like one of the ultimate kickers. Uh, it is very easy for us to identify stupidity in other people. It is very difficult for us to eye to eye to identify stupidity in ourselves. It's very easy to eye to look at someone... And know that what they just did was really stupid. Because we do it all the time. We look at other people and we say to ourselves, that was really stupid. What we have to realize is, people looking at us think the very same thing. In short, everybody is stupid. Everybody is stupid. We all have things that we believe that we know. We all have things that we know something about. But we all are stupider about a great many more topics than we are smart. That is an utter truth I believe, okay And like part of me believes, and this is again, all that this is all about belief. This is not truth. It's just belief about in, about intelligence or wisdom. And if you notice I've stuttered like 50 times on the word intelligence and I don't know why, but I have. So I'm tempted just to say knowledge for now on just out of laziness, but I'm trying not to be lazy. Um, and I this is a belief that I truly believe. That the people who I consider to be the highest level of experts on something are the ones that are, in fact, humble about what they know and will, in fact, sometimes purposefully show their ignorance and humble themselves, thus allowing other people to see that they are not infallible. These experts out there are not completely infallible, and they all have their own biases. They all have their own beliefs that sway uh, their knowledge. Um, I, I think we are in like a realm of time where it's really difficult for people to blindly believe experts. I'm not saying that we should blindly believe experts. Um, what I am saying is, uh, and this is another, I believe Neil deGrasse Tyson quote, it is equally lazy to blindly disbelieve everything you hear as it is to blindly believe everything you hear. Everything you hear coming from anybody's voice, from anybody's text input, from anybody's images, from anything. You should never just blindly believe. Period. You should look at everything with at least a moderate of um, skeptical nature. I don't believe we should take the time to be skeptical about everything we all have to like you know pick our battles we all have to decide what we're going to be skeptical about but i do encourage people that when you do not understand something do not just blindly believe it when you do not believe something do not just blindly disbelieve it if there is something that you do not understand either hold back on your judgment or hold back on voicing your judgment and do a little bit of impartial research the worst thing out there is somebody stating, I have the answers for you. The worst thing I believe out there we can listen to are people who say, when you want to know about X, all you need to do is come to me. I will tell you everything you need to know. Anybody who has that kind of attitude to me are among the most untrustworthy kind of points of knowledge is what I'll say. Um, I really do like it when I'm listening to somebody And they actually like cite references. And they actually, now, that doesn't mean they're right. Just because you cite a reference does not mean you are right. It means that you interpreted the data to agree with what you said. It might be that I would look at that data and I would perceive the same thing. But just because you can cite a reference does not mean you're right. Just because somebody calls you an expert doesn't mean you're right. Just because you don't want to believe something doesn't mean they're not right. We all have to take at least a little bit of effort to learn about things instead of just coming to decisions. It's very easy, it's very lazy to just spout opinions on things, and it's very easy to just spout what is quote-unquote right, what is quote-unquote wrong, or what quote-unquote freedom should be. The one thing I really want is I don't want people, this is how I guess I'm a libertarian, I don't want people to tell me what freedom means to me. Uh, We all have our own personal definitions. We all have our own personal beliefs. Maybe we need more words in the English language. But one thing that I do know is that we all need to challenge ourselves. We all need to try every day to learn something. It might not be about, you know, what tech are we going to need to go to Mars? It might not be, how am I going to fix these brake pads on this car? It might not be how can I try to be a better dad? It might not be, how can I be a better husband? But something, something we should look at trying to learn each and every day. Okay, I'm going to just briefly talk about Star Trek Continues. Um, I'm going to try to watch a little bit more of that again. I did watch the entire, I believe, 10 or 12 uh, episodes before, which I did not put this into the YouTube playlist analyzer for some reason. Uh, But Star Trek continues really good stuff. Um, I'll say they really do try to continue on the original Star Trek classic TV series attitude. There's definite things that were like 2017 politically correct that they injected into the show. Every single content creator has a certain amount of creative Liberties that they can do, and and that was one of the things that they did do, and and I'm never going to blame somebody for putting a little bit of extra salt or pepper into their recipe mix. That's what happens when people recreate content. Uh, but it was a really good series, really fun series, really educational series. Is what I'll say, and I'm going to end with a um, hardware recommendation. Um, I will say it's the Zag Limitless wireless keyboard uh right now it looks like you can get it off of ebay for around 27 bucks uh 30 bucks seems to be like the normal price upwards of 35 on some sites um all you got to know about this keyboard is it is a bluetooth keyboard does not have a separate dongle so it is not the most secure bluetooth keyboard i know that um but this is a really convenient nice and i hate using this word nifty it is a really good nifty keyboard a bluetooth B backlit multiple colors multiple brightness of colors there's like three different brightness of colors and like six different colors you can set the keyboard to uh has an internal battery charges via micro usb uh battery uh, the device will automatically turn off after 20 minutes worth of use i can tell you i use it easily like 20 plus hours before it needs a charge of continuous type usage um Battery lasts really good, charges perfectly fine. Um, I do believe it can be charged and used at the same time, which is a plus. But here's the real kicker. It's a Bluetooth keyboard with a little tray in it to where you can put a tablet, I believe like a 10-inch or 11-inch tablet or a phone or both in it. And it has uh, the Function 1, Function 2, and Function 3 buttons will allow you to seamlessly and near instantaneously be connected to three different... Devices, So I can quite literally hit F1, wait maybe a half a second or maybe a second, and then start t- typing on my computer. Hit F2, wait a half a second, like a full second, It's very, very quick. And then I can be typing on my phone. Then I can hit F3, and again, within like a half a second to a second, I can then be typing on my tablet it is literally that easy it is literally that painless i really do wish it had its own dedicated dongle when you have a dedicated bluetooth dongle the likelihood of it being properly encrypted and secured is much greater period so it doesn't have it for 27 bucks i still think it's a great value battery works great very functional it's not the best feeling keyboard the keys, but it definitely is more than 5 out of 10 on the keys alone. The keys, I would give like a 6.5 or a 7 out of 10. But all the other features push the average score in my mind above 8 out of 10 easily. Uh, again, it's called the Zag Limitless Universal Backlit Keyboard. I'll have a link to the actual Zag website. On the Zag website, they want 80 bucks for it. All you got to do is look on eBay. You can get this thing for literally less than 30 uh, just works like butter, works like a charm. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone for their support. Do not forget, you can op- open up any of your podcast players. Just search for PodNuts. You will find a wide range of content. Some of the content will be about Android. Some of it will be about computer repair. Some of it will be about running a computer repair business. Some of it will be about Linux. Some of it will be about all kinds of different things. Matt at the MRP can talk about anything from iOS. To missile silos, to just what does it mean to have a passion project? Um, and I will encourage everyone. Uh, support those who support you. Uh, check out all the other shows on Podnuts, and if you do like those shows, I will ask if you can please support them. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Kevin McLaughlin. Big thank you, sir. And he got really mad I called him sir, but he even says it on his Twitter. it says sir Kevin McLaughlin. So I want to say uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank uh, everyone for their support. Chuck, uh, the Rhino, you're the man. Um, You, Tubber, Guy in the Tub, thank you very much. Ivor, uh, Knucklehead Tech, everybody who downloads, everybody who sends emails, everybody who subscribes, huge thank you. I actually do believe I had a couple emails, but because of having no phone, it is really difficult to uh, keep this all organized. Uh, So I'm going to try to record again in under a week. And with that, uh, I will talk to everyone again real soon. My name is Jeff Palish. I'm the host of PodNuts, the computer repair podcast, where we take live calls on the air to answer your questions on running and operating your computer repair business every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out over at podnuts.com forward slash computer repair podcast live. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.